We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thursday night football tonight. Get the week started in the National Football League. It's at Arrowhead Stadium. The Kansas City Chiefs hosting their division rival, the Denver Broncos. Here's Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. When you play a team like like the Broncos, um, same with any division opponent, you know, there's just another level of intensity. So I'm not worried about um, necessarily a streak or anything like that. I'm, I'm worried about pl- winning against a division uh, opponent. And I know just as much as I think everyone in this locker room knows that it's kind of it doesn't matter what the records are. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a hard-fought battle. Both teams are going to give everything they have. And so um, that's just the history of the of the, the matchup. And so uh, that's, that's the thing with me. It's not about the streak. It's about going out there and finding a way to win against a division opponent in a tough-fought battle. Yeah, about that streak, the Chiefs have defeated the Broncos 15 times in a row, dating back eight years. Chiefs football live tonight on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS on the Chiefs radio network. National Westwood One coverage is here on KFH. I'm Ted, the Sportshead. Sunday night football. The New York Giants are on the road, but not leaving the state. Visiting Buffalo, the Giants and the Bills. Coverage begins at 6.30 Sunday night right here on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. If you missed Bob and Jeff, you missed this. Zach Wheeler opposing Max Freed. I look for a low-scoring game. Wheeler is unbelievable. The Braves aren't going to do much with him, and I don't care how well they hit. I just That's don't, why I put myself out, because I, I feel like I know things. But you don't really. I say he gives up at least four runs. Look, I believe in my conviction. So do I. Bob and Jeff, afternoons at 2 on KFH. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily, hour number two. We, uh, we... We're gone a little longer than anticipated, but Max has got everything fixed back up. I'll ask Max here live because we've had that. Max, do we have Tim Fitzgerald yet? And if not, we'll get him connected. Yeah, Max is going to get us Tim, so he'll let us know when that's coming. A chance to catch our breath here a little bit. Uh, Tommy, real quick news item, and I I don't know what to make of this. Apparently, the Broncos are restructuring and agreeing with Frank Clark to take a pay cut, which would allow him to be traded. That is of course of interest because we know his connection to Kansas city. And and if he's taking a pay cut from what he already has, it, it's got to be close to the minimum, doesn't it? By this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be close. And, and this is not, 
the first pass rusher that the Broncos have moved away from in the last week or so. Randy Gregory, uh, as we know, is no longer a Bronco. Um, he, you know, he was traded, and now it looks like they're looking to move away from Frank Clark. And, and you know, Chris Jones was a guy that really lobbied to bring Frank Clark back to Kansas City this offseason. So I don't know if there's a reunion uh, in store with Kansas City. And maybe Frank the old Clark, locker room switch tonight. May, maybe so. I mean, that'd be interesting, like right before a divisional practice. We've seen that happen in sudden, baseball. You've got Frank but, Clark going over to, you know, back to yeah. the Arrowhead side. We've seen that in baseball. I don't think we've ever seen that in football, but uh, we, we can get to that later in the show. As uh, promised, now joining us here on the program, Tim Fitzgerald jumps in for a weekly visit. Fitz, uh, well, you know, I, l- let me start here. You were ready to put Gundy in the dirt. Tommy and I have disagreed a little bit on Friday night. I thought that was Gundy sort of reminding us that he's still got something left in the tank. He's won eight of the last nine times he's been a home underdog, which, by the way, he'll be that again this week. Tommy, I, I think, leans more into K-State wasn't prepared. Where, where do you fall on that disaster Friday night? Uh, I guess more towards Tommy. Not that Gundy didn't do a great job, but, <clears throat> I mean, if you look at the course of the game, if K-State just plays a little bit better, they win that game, even not playing well at all. It, and it right. really wasn't about K-State not playing well. It looked like K-State wasn't even invested in the game. They didn't seem interested in the game. They didn't seem engaged at all by the fact that they had this opportunity to win on the road. It was a strange, strange game for Kansas State followers and fans to watch because it, it was so out of context. They, were, they couldn't understand what they were seeing from this lack of effort and, you know, seemingly a, uh, a lack of focus because there was so much, so many times when players weren't on the same page. It was a strange night. Um, and now everyone's left wondering, and I'm sure this is a question inside the veneer football complex at Kansas State. Uh, is this just a one-off or is there something lingering here that would be greatly concerning to the K-State football nation? Yeah, and I wonder, Tim, like what you, if there's anything that you can attribute that to. I mean, I watched the game Friday night too, and, and there were a number of self inflicted mistakes that the Wildcats had. And of course, Will Howard had a rough game, but, you know, even beyond that, uh, there was the play where, uh, you know, the, the center snapped the ball right past Will Howard on fourth down and just, you know, some kind of shooting themselves in the foot situations. Is there anything that we can point to as a, a reason why that sort of thing happened, or was it just kind of an anomaly? Yeah, I mean, the hope would be it's an anomaly, can't speak. Um, but no, it's, it, like I said, it's just out of context. It doesn't, you know, I think Chris Kleiman was as baffled as anyone, and this was his team. And uh, he really got after him on Saturday in the team meetings following that Friday night game. It got after the players and the coaches that there's higher expectations in this. And it almost felt like Kansas State football uh, this team took something for granted it had no business taking for granted um you, you just don't ex- you know believe you're entitled to a win you know, even if the team is down and struggling uh, you got to go in there and, and earn it and they didn't and now they put themselves in a bad position heading into a, an equally tough environment against maybe a better team on saturday and what feels like a must-win situation not to save the season, but to save your dignity. 
Well, look, the the reality though is, and I guess this is where you have to sort of put panic aside. The reality is, with one loss, right, getting to the Big Twelve championship game is under their control because if you feel like Texas, right, is going to win all the rest of their games, you've got a chance to beat them and put them at two and stay with. So, like, destiny is still controlled there. So, like, how do you separate those two things, right? Like, it's not time to panic because we still can do what we want to do with those lingering concerns of, are we are we about to regress with Will Howard to the Will Howard of before last season? And, and it seems a little bit unfair to go there yet, but with Avery Johnson looming there, I think it, we have to be fair to that question um, after he plays a game like that. But I, I just don't – I'm having a hard time, like – where where should we stand right now? Yeah, I, I think you know you guys are are understanding exactly the kind of the confusion going on around K State Nation right now. What what's this mean? And because Oklahoma beat Texas, technically, I mean they are still in charge. Kansas State still in charge of their own destiny. You just swapped out winning at Oklahoma State against a struggling team to winning at Texas a national, you know, playoff contender. Uh, it, it really changed the, the whole complexion of what uh, is ahead of this Kansas State team, but all that doesn't matter. If anything in that locker room is being discussed other than winning at Texas Tech, we found the problem. Um, and maybe they listened to too much of the outside noise. Maybe it was too much of people saying if they do this, this, and this, and they thought the same thing without doing the first bit. Um, so it's, it was a mental issue as much as an, a physical issue, and um, I feel like they can get it corrected, but they don't have time to mess around. they got to get it corrected before kicking off that Saturday night at 6 and love it. So let's talk about getting it corrected. Um, you know, Texas Tech is a team that has not lived up to its expectations, certainly, but they're they're heating up, right? Wins against a not very good Houston, but a road win at Baylor. That loss to West Virginia looks better now than it did at one point. We've got to remember that Tech, you know, took Oregon right to the literal last, you know, possession of that game. I Wyoming, who's probably pretty good, they took to overtime on the road. Texas Tech's probably closer to what we thought they'd be than not, Tim. But again, like, are you? Can you even worry about that right now? Because K State should win it no matter no matter what. Like, are we still there with K-State? Like, this is a game you go on the road and win. Or is it that anymore? Right. Uh, it, look, um, everything you said spot on. We thought Texas Tech was falling apart. Well, it turns out they played back-to-back really good football teams. We didn't understand the context of Wyoming at the time. Really good team. Oregon has turned out to be a really good team. Uh, and as we found out, West Virginia isn't the bottom cellar dweller of this conference as picked in the preseason. They're pretty good. At, at least they know how to win, which is such a big factor. Um, <clears throat> but with all that said, you know, you, you always kind of lean into Vegas. They really missed on the line at, at Stillwater. But they've got Texas Tech as a one-point favorite in this game, one-and-a-half-point favorite, which – really doesn't even fully compensate for a home field. So, you know, it's pretty much a toss-up game. And, and uh, I think Vegas realizes that, that K-State is still a very capable football team until proven otherwise. I, 
I, I agree. I agree. K-State, and it's an opportunity too, right? Like you go back-to-back road games, K-State can go, you know, they can go right this ship this week. That's the beauty of this game, I think, is you go and you win and you and you look good while winning, and, and now you kind of feel good about things again. Will Howard Avery Johnson. Yeah. Why is it, we're going to ask the same question again as we've been asking, and it goes back to last week, it was even more amplified. Why it why is you know after using Avery Johnson a little bit early in the year do you think they've gone away from that I can't I can't quite figure it out it can't be the red shirt that doesn't make a whole lot of sense but in a game where Will Howard is so clearly struggling why not at least give him a breather in Stillwater uh, I agree um, the thought was that the environment the preparation, everything going wrong that needed to be corrected wasn't solvable with Avery. I think that's what their approach was. Okay. I think most of us back up and look at this and say, the only thing working for the K-State offense on Friday night in Stillwater was the quarterback run game. Why not put the young guy in who is right. an incredible athlete and adept at doing that, at least for a few possessions? at least give him a try like he did at Missouri. And as I said in uh, one of my daily delivery videos, I, I think the oddity uh, of this is uh, I think the coaches look at what Avery did at Missouri as not successful, but the fans look at what he did at Missouri as successful and hopeful. It didn't work great with the quarterback run game, but it was more effective than a lot of the stuff K-State was doing, and they thought he should be – you know, done more at Missouri, allowed to do more at Missouri. And now to have him, you know, set aside at Oklahoma State when the very thing that he does well might have worked extremely well just baffles fame. But that That's that said, the part of it. Go ahead. Yeah. But with that said, I think we'll see Avery on Saturday um, if there's a, a window open because Tech gives up a lot of quarterback run games. If you don't see Avery at all, even if Will Howard plays well, I will find it curious because Chris Kleiman has said, just said yesterday that the redshirt's really not part of the the thinking yeah. here, and that just that, that further confuses the entire situation. I do want to back up a little bit because I I look there there's a lot at stake. K State's not just going to bench Will Howard outright for everything he's meant to the program yeah. and for what his expected role in this team being successful is. You you don't bench that guy after what he's done after a bad game. So like that, that portion and section of the fan base, like y- y- if you're ready to do that, you better be ready to just mail it in on this season because true freshmen are, are not, they're going to struggle a little bit, Right. So K-State's yeah. still very much in the mindset that they, they, they want to win these games and make it to a Big 12 championship game. They're nowhere near that point, but I do think there's a happy medium, and it's it's sort of what you talked about there. Like, I, it, it's okay to, to understand, like, no, I'm not ready to say Avery Johnson gives this chance, this team a chance right this second to be better than if Will Howard's the quarterback. I, I'm not ready to say that because I don't know that. But I do think it's time to at least see if he can add to the offense. Yeah, I, th- exactly. And you talk about putting your best athletes on the field. He's clearly one of the best athletes. Right. And if the red shirt isn't 
part of the bargain here or part of the equation. I I don't get it. The the number one goal though with this quarterback situation isn't to play Avery more, Will Howard less. It's to get Will Howard back to the guy that led you to a Big Twelve championship. Yeah. I, he has not been as good as he was last year. He admitted that at his Tuesday's press conference. Said, you know, I haven't. I've played okay this year, but I haven't played up to my expectations. But the the worrisome thing is, I think we saw his confidence evaporate at Oklahoma State in a way that even Alabama didn't do last year at the Sugar Bowl. Um, and you go back to the West Virginia game on the road a year ago, <clears throat> Will didn't play well, but he kept gathering himself uh, and making plays. And he never lost that confidence. I think his confidence is dented, and that's one of the big things I'm going to be watching early in this game at Texas Tech. Um, what else, because that's where all of our attention goes. The defense has got to step it up too, right? In Lubbock, don't that you know that? And yeah. and to be fair, we didn't know how good the defense would be coming in. They lost one of their best players, and and what they all call their lifeblood. Maybe we need to be more fair to it. But if K State's going to do anything, they've got to be better defensively, holistically. Well, they didn't give up much running yardage until Oklahoma State. And they gave up a hundred yard rusher. They gave up some key plays. And it's by far not all Austin Romaine's fault at middle linebacker. But, guys, the reality is he replaced a six-year senior who's a big physical presence. Um, and while fans might have complained he wasn't making as many tackles as what they thought, everyone was lined up in the right place doing the right thing when Daniel Green was on the field. Um, and, you know, when you – again, we just talked about quarterback. You said it. When you put a true freshman on the field – there's a learning curve, and I think the learning curve showed itself a little bit at Oklahoma State. I don't think the defense has been as aggressive as it was with Daniel Green. Schematically, I think they backed off a little bit, and they need to get back to who they are and, and trust that the freshmen and the veteran linebackers around him are going to make right decisions before the snap of the ball. Uh, it's so crazy to me how, how much things change in a season. The K-State line – is at 56 and a half over under that's right where Kansas's line is with Oklahoma state too. Kansas has really turned it around and that becomes pretty compelling too. I, I know people yeah. are ready to start, you know, trying to define like who's better K state or KU. I mean, KU certainly playing better right now, despite no Jalen Daniels, but I, I do think that game should be amazing this year. Like it's going to be, don't you think like talent to talent it's as close this year as I mean, when was the last time it was this close? It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, it's going to be great. I, I hope they can get Jalen Daniels back. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the reality is they can go to Stillwater and beat that Oklahoma State team with Jason B. He's, he's a very sure good backup quarterback. They They have to do a few things differently, but I think those things will – you know, just like they did against UCF, I think they can win with those things. So um, it will be an interesting game, and you're right. That, that game down the road, it seems like a, a year away, um, is going to be epic. If K-State keeps winning and Kansas keeps winning, you know, that and that might include if, you know, at the very maximum value of that game, if Kansas State can beat Texas, doubtful. If Oklahoma loses to Kansas, yeah. doubtful. That game all of a sudden becomes possibly a 
a road to the Big 12 championship game for the winner. And it's it's crazy. We're this deep into the season, and that's really on the table. Pipe dream, but we can hope for it on both sides. Love yeah. the idea of it. All right, Fitz, what do you guys have up at GoPowerCat.com for us this week? Just trying to boil out what happened at Oklahoma State as best we can and move on to Texas Tech to, to offer our fans some insight into what's happening. The, our pregame podcast went up this morning as it does every Thursday morning at 12.01 a.m. And we'll have a Friday walkthrough. It's typical. Uh, did a daily delivery today on the KU basketball, a little more like the NCAA situation. Um, and just a lot of coverage of K-State and the Big 12. All right. You can follow him on social media at Life of Fitz. Tim, really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the week, and hopefully things can get back on track here. Thank you, boys. Great to talk to you. There goes Tim Fitzgerald. You can go back and listen to any of that for free on the Odyssey app. Uh, you can do that at kfhradio.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Dude, you got to hear this. Go ahead. I think I want to hear this. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here with you on the program today. We've got all kinds of good stuff happening in the sports world. Tommy's Braves trying to... Get back in this thing behind their ace and even up that series. Uh, the ALCS is set. You've got Rangers Astros in what's going to be a really intense wild series. I am glad nationally that you know some spotlight can can get drawn onto just how big a rivalry that's become in baseball, and it'll be fun. Um, we've got the Chiefs playing tonight. We appreciate everybody tuning in here on KFH. You can always do that. You can get in touch with us on the IHOP hotline, which is always a great place to get in touch with us uh, on the show today. That's, of course, brought to you by IHOP, where guests can enjoy the new strawberry cheesecake waffle, golden brown Belgian waffle topped with creamy cheesecake mousse and fresh strawberries. You can also 
Did my voice just crack? You can also get in touch with us uh, on our video streams. You can comment there, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Austin comments on YouTube uh, asking me directly uh, if I like hockey and do I have a favorite NHL team. I do like hockey. Uh, I like hockey live a lot. I've always said if I ended up in like a – like if I went moved to some city that that like I already have an allegiance to – I could join on on their hockey team because I don't have an allegiance to an NHL team. I when I was a kid, I loved the Maple Leafs for whatever reason. I think it's because I played video games and they had like players that I liked on the video game. When they went on strike, I sort of fell out with the NHL. Not not because of like any fundamental reason. I was very young. It just like it, it was like okay, well they're not playing anymore. Um, and then the stars were good for a little bit, and I just sort of rooted for them. I didn't. I didn't really. I, no, the, the 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 short answer to my long winded answer there is I do not have a favorite NHL team. Uh, I pretend sometimes like I like the Maple Leafs and the Stars, but that's not real. Like I don't follow any team specifically. I love live hockey though. Uh, to answer your question there, Austin. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a live hockey fan. Also, of course, that's my day job. Right. Um, I didn't realize how much I. How much fun live hockey was, uh, and still I start until I started working in that world day in and day out. And I'm not sure you can find a more like fast paced, action packed sporting event than than live hockey. It, it is it is built to be live, and I love it, and I get why fans are so into it. And I enjoy watching it on television. Also, by the way, I just don't have time as much to like follow the NHL closely. And, and that's not a knock on the NHL. I don't have as much time to follow the NBA as closely as I once did in my life. You know, you have to—I'm going to watch football all the time. I'm going to watch the Rangers slash Royals if, you know, when they're competitive and relevant. And then I, I've become such a big college basketball junkie since I've moved here that it's sort of shifted some things around, too. So I uh, appreciate the question. You guys can always leave us questions on our video streams, Facebook uh, YouTube, Twitch. You can also reach out to us on uh, X, Twitter. Um, all right, Tommy. Thursday night football. Thursday night football. Here we go. Look, I, I um, I think the Chiefs need to get a big lead and run the ball. I mean, I think that pretty much is what it comes down to. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's where this game heads for me for success for the Chiefs. I would love to see them throw the ball around. But, I, you know, if we're game planning this game, I don't know that that's the way I would game plan it. I go back and forth on this a lot uh, because as much as we need to see the offense, uh, especially the passing offense, come to life in a game like this against a, a Broncos defense that is not very good, I do think, and I agree with you, that, you know, the path to a comfortable victory is an effective game on the ground and controlling the ball and all of that. So, I mean, I go back and forth. Like, we, we need to see the passing game step up, need to see the wide receivers, you know, come to life a little bit. Uh, and that may very well be the way that they come out and play. Um, I, I mentioned it yesterday, getting out to a really big lead early and then being able to, you know, maybe rest Travis Kelsey late in the game, that's going to be ideal. I don't know how likely it is, but it certainly will be ideal. Um, and, you know, just being able to um, have more confidence in what they're doing offensively uh, at the end of the game. I, I want to be able to look back on the game tonight and say, okay, like that was kind of like the Bears game, kind of a get right game offensively for Kansas City. That's why I'm looking at, you know, wanting them 
I feel like, you know, if they can, if they can put on, you know, 28, 31, 34 points in the game, you probably feel pretty solid about where that offense stands after the game. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I, I've got, what I'm having a hard time doing with the chiefs this year is setting expectations for the offense. And, and I don't say that to say like, I'm worried. I'm not quite worried yet, but like the defense is better. And so my expectations for the Chiefs as a whole don't need to change. I still think they're, the expectation is to win a Super Bowl. But I do think the expectation of what that looks like is what I'm having a hard time with. Like, I, this could very well be a team that plays good defense, runs the ball effectively, and, you know, throws the ball more precisely. And, you know, it, it basically throws the ball to support those two things, Right. You let your defense and your running game control the pace of the game, but it, and your it, passing it goes game back, supplement it. But it goes back to what you and I have discussed, and you've been more concerned about it than I have. Early in the season, is that running game holding up? Specifically, I, exactly. Isaiah Pacheco yeah. and how healthy he can remain with the way that he runs the football. I'll tell you one thing right now: if this is another game tonight against a bad Broncos defense, where the wide receivers have a hard time getting going, and if Patrick Mahomes looks a tick off with their wide receivers, and they're not really on the same page, I think that moves the Chiefs closer and closer to trying to make something happen before the trade deadline. We saw Van Jefferson get traded from the Rams to the Falcons earlier this week. I'm not suggesting that McCool Hardman is the answer because he probably isn't, but it sounds like the Jets want to move him. There are wide receivers that potentially could be on the market. And you know what? Honestly, and I want to point this out, the Broncos, who the Chiefs play tonight, They've moved Randy Gregory. Looks like they want to move Frank Clark. I've heard rumblings about Jerry Judy on the move. They may be looking to kind of blow things up a little bit if things don't turn around for them. I don't know if they would trade Jerry Judy within the yeah, division. Probably not. But I'm telling you right I don't now, think they would if there's trade a bad Jerry Judy, if there's another bad outing from the Chiefs wide receivers tonight, especially at the very top of the wide receiver death chart, that's going to think. I think it's going to push the Chiefs closer to making a move by the trade deadline. I was a big advocate for the Chiefs to add a vet in the offseason. You know that. Um, I was a bigger advocate for them to add another running back. I think you can add a running back now, and they probably should still look into that. The, the issue that I have with adding a receiver now versus adding one this offseason is, to me, it's not a, it's not a talent thing because I think that We've seen Kadarius Tony be talented, right? If he's available, we we Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore. I don't want to say they're not talented. The issue has been the cohesiveness with Mahomes right now, and so bringing in another receiver now, I'm not sure. And maybe it helps by the time the games, you know, get really important in the postseason. Maybe you can make the move to justify it being a you know a contributor down the road. But if the issue, and it does appear to be to me. The, you know, just getting in sync with Mahomes, bringing somebody in now, you're going to have the same issue, right? Like that doesn't immediately solve the issue. So that's where we look at a game like this and it's like, okay, you've had, what, what are we entering? Week six, right? If week six isn't enough time for this group to get in sync, is there enough time to get a group in sync? That that's what I don't know. I would I would contend there's almost more urgency to add another running back than there is to add a receiver for that reason. 
I don't know if they can bring somebody in that's going to just be able to step in and solve things. I don't think they can. But even but if I you think... add another running back, I mean, are, who is who's available? Who's there? I know we talked about the couple guys on the practice squad, know. but who is there uh, that we feel confident in that the Chiefs could sign as a veteran or, um, or otherwise to make an impact, even as a ba- in a backup role? I think it, you watch the Colts, and if they're able to maintain with Gardner Minshew, that's one thing. But if not, did they, would they look to move Zach Moss? You know, like I, um, the uh, – I, I just like off the top of my head. I mean, there are guys out there that that are good backup running backs. The Bills. Leonard have, Fournette hasn't gotten a job so yeah, far this season. He's I, I mean, I, out you, there. there's got to be a reason for that. But you know, I, is Leonard Fournette better than Clyde Edwards-Helaire? I think is the question you know. have to ask. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. But that that's the kind of player that would be handy, though, right? Just a big. You know, just if you can get us four yards a carry, which is sort of like that baseline average in the NFL, like if you can just get us that and help us save the legs of Isaiah Pacheco and save, you know, the contact that he's going to have to take for when we've got to have him. If the Chiefs can figure out a way to keep Isaiah Pacheco at like, I don't know, Tommy, 15 carries or under. You, you just sort of roll the dice there. Like, you're like, okay, but if they get into this and, and they're like, okay, we got any, and they're going to, like, they need Pacheco to run it 20 times a game, that's where I think we become concerned. And, it, it you know, you're always up in the air at running back anyway. I don't know. But, th- but I think that they should be exploring those options. Because the one thing we know about, you know, the receivers can't just step in like that I, most of the time. Like, if they went and found, I don't know, Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe they could. But... Running backs can do that it, historically in the NFL. Like you, you in theory at running back can just step right in there and get after it. And so, and it's not like they're not looking for a lead back in the backfield. They're literally looking for someone to help limit the carries of Isaiah Pacheco in week six so that they don't have to do that in week 16. So I don't know. They could solve all of that if they just come out and throw the ball around a little more effectively tonight. Travis Kelsey is going to be a big part of that. He'll play. If you were worried about his ankle, well, as Austin points out, and I just looked, Taylor Swift's going to be at the game. So if you had any concern about Travis Kelsey and his ability to play on that ankle, best news that could ever happen for you is that Taylor Swift's going to be at that game. He's got to show up for his girl, right? Like he's got to, he's he's got to play big for his girl, and he's got to act tough. You know, you got to be t- you can't you can't let a little ankle injury hold you down when you got your girl up in the stands. Like you got to play through that. I was thinking about the games that Taylor Swift has been at, and she was at uh, the the game against the Bears. That was on Fox, so you had the lead Fox broadcasters talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Then on NBC and Sunday Night Football, so you had Tarigo and Collinsworth. Tonight, Thursday Night Football, I can't wait for Al Michaels to be on the call <laughs> with Taylor Swift in the building. That's what I'm looking He's forward to the most. He's going to hate it so yeah. much. He's going to hate it so much. It's going to be awesome. Uh, conspiracy theorists would tell you, yeah, the timing of these primetime games is is perfect. I, I, I'm not quite there on a conspiracy theory, uh, but, you know, like. I think, doesn't her new movie open today? I think that's part of it. Like, the, the concert movie yeah. deal. It's in theaters yeah. starting today. So, well, I mean, come on. Like, but, these but people the, are very, but the, very But the conniving. flip side of that is, like, you don't – she wouldn't also want to directly compete with that movie opening either, although I'm sure it's sold everything out already. But you could promote it, though, while heck you're Heck of there. a spot for her – oh, she'll buy an ad. I mean, I can guarantee you, you will see an ad for the Taylor Swift movie tonight in this broadcast. There is no question. And if it is that – 
understand how well Travis Kelsey is doing in this too. Like, don't think this is all one-sided. Like, he's become the most, I think, like famous and popular NFL player by, you know, following on social media. He like, And he's got a podcast that happens to be the top one. So good for him too. But again, like if we're having fun with this, he ain't going to be hobbled in front of his girl. Like he, he, Travis Kelsey, like book it. Travis Kelsey scoring a touchdown tonight. Come on now. Like he, he it's happening. It's going to happen. Uh, all right. Uh, Mike's tired of hearing about it. Hey, I will say this, Mike. We ended our Chiefs conversation with Taylor Swift, right? Like in the beginning of this, when we were all having fun with it, we were like going at the beginning to to have fun. Now it's like it, it has become secondary and not to the networks. They love this. But I, I think for most of us, it's just like a thing now and nobody really – I don't I don't love it or hate it anymore, Tommy. It's just like it's fine. Like it doesn't – I don't sit in my chair and get angry when they show a shot of Taylor Swift. Oh, why are we doing that? Like who cares? It's fine. Look, I'd, I'd rather spend our time talking about Taylor Swift than Jackson Mahomes. So I mean, it's an upgrade for me. Let's talk yeah. about Taylor Swift all day long. If I don't talk about Jackson or Artario Morris or exactly, like, you know, it, it is okay to have fun. Everybody like it's okay. It'll be all right. Earl. Oh man. You know what? Earl is on the line. Earl, we have not had your thoughts on that situation. Uh, and I don't know if that's why you're calling, but the chiefs do play a big one tonight. What's up, Earl? Welcome in. Good to hear from you. Well, just a couple of things. First, you know, Doug, the little rush fan. So the music that's produced by Travis is squeeze. Yeah, just not my thing. So, you know, I have yeah, I relative that. interest, if none, in that. I, I just got to remind you guys, as you talk to the betting guru and all that, you're underestimating the Kansas weather at a north wind at 40 miles it's an windy, hour. Man. I know. I, I'm if not betting the ever, over because of the wind, but ugh. And if you've ever sat in that stadium, even a guy who throws a ball with starch, I've watched Elway's balls move 15 yards when the wind's going to blow like it did tonight. And Russell Wilson's best attribute is the long ball. He loves yep. to throw that sucker out and have him run. That will not be effective at all tonight. So if you're expecting tonight to be the coming out party for these receivers and stuff, that ball's going to be moving. Patrick's going to be throwing knuckle balls. Russell's going to be throwing ethos balls. It is uh, – the run-heavy game and the wind will have a huge factor in tonight's game. But you know what? Sure as, you know, crap comes from a goose, the Chiefs are going to prevail tonight. We're going to get 16 in a row against those guys. And I, I hate to do this to you, man, but the Astros are, you know. Hey, whoa, 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 Earl. Now, Earl, <laughs> Earl. I I don't even want to hear what you were just about to say. I have no interest in that. I that is not necessary. Uh, we just we don't need to no. get into any of that. Well, what what are you what are you some Astros it. fan, Earl? Like what what's what? No, see you cut me off with my ironic take to you, and it was going to be the Astros early, pretty good in the postseason. But you know what? The upstart Royals took them down a couple times right. back in the day. That's so. Right. You know, you, you should have some hope there is what I was uh, going to get to before. You know, you, you got to relax a little bit, man. you got to ride a little bit more. You, you know, on edge. Relax. you got to relax. Let it come to you and realize where all the clothing that you always wore when they won because, you know, you're going to control the outcome. So, 
I know Chief I, on I, tonight. I have to be careful. I have to be careful. We appreciate it. Earl brings up a good point. Let's hit on this real quick, Tommy. I always love hearing from Earl. The wind tonight. So the forecast right now doesn't show a slowing of wind, steady winds of between 15 and 20, which probably means gusts will get a little bit higher. That favors the Chiefs. And when we talk, and it favors him not just because of the run game. Of course it does. The Broncos can run the ball too, especially I haven't seen. I think Javante Williams looked pretty good, and they've got a couple of guys. But the, the Chiefs' pass game is short to intermediate, right? Like that, no matter what the receivers do, I don't think all of a sudden this becomes a downfield offense. It's not going to do that. It can get better, though, like it was last year at short to intermediate. So that's another advantage to the Chiefs tonight for sure. But it is a good point as we're talking this. And Chelsea warned us about this, the weather on overs and things like that. It's I don't know how to approach this game. Maybe maybe I just go Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. I think I think I might have taken the overs in one of the late night, just like get the bonuses used up bets. And I can't change that now. So I'll just add. But the Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown bet may be the way to go. He's scoring a touchdown for for his girl like he's going to score a touchdown. <laughs> I still really like the Russell Wilson over in passing yards. I know that it's going to be windy. I know he likes to throw it downfield. 218 yards is not, that's not impossible for him to get in tonight's game. And well, sure it's not. If, the, if the Broncos are playing from behind, which I kind of suspect they will be, he's going to have to chuck it all around despite the wind. So what about I, his I still attempts? like that bet. What about his attempts? What was the number 218? Yeah, he's been uh, Tom. He's I mean, he just this year, he's he would be he would be three and two against that number with the game against the Bears. He only got over by five yards. So I, I, I wonder what his attempts are, because like if we look at his attempts, those have been 30 plus every game, all but that Bears game when he threw it 28 times. I don't know. I That's a wind driven number. That is a there's no question. That's a wind driven number. Uh, and, okay, and, so right know. now, his pass attempt, the line on that is 32 and a half Ooh. as far as passing attempts. If you think they're going to get weighed down, he's only been 30. He's, he'd be three and two against that. No, he'd be he'd be two and three. He's been at 32 and at 31. That That's tough. But if you think they're going to get behind, maybe that's the way. I don't know. This is a real, this may be the most difficult. Like, I don't have a good read on any of the betting. I'll probably just go Kelsey touchdown. I, I, I think that's what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll even do first touchdown to beef that up a little bit. Uh, but Chiefs-Broncos tonight, you can hear it uh, on the national call right here on KFH. And, of course, the Chiefs radio network will have the local coverage over on KNSS. Dodgers go down last night, Tommy. Uh, boy, the Dodgers and the, and the Orioles, just that's tough. That's really tough. Uh, the Twins go down, so the Astros sort of buck the trend of, like, all the teams that got a buy and everything. And, and the Braves are still certainly very much in this series uh, against the Phillies. They get their ace on the mound. And then, look, if they can win tonight, I, I think that, you know, back at home, you, you like the puncher's chance there. I assume it would be against Zach Wheeler. But, you know, like it, 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 you, yeah, they, they'll they throw Zach Wheeler in game five. They get to throw their ace on the mound tonight in a game four. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. The Phillies clearly have all the momentum. Uh, and then there was 
of course, you get into postseason baseball and it's a divisional matchup. I know it's going to be heated with the Rangers and Astros, but it's heated with the Braves and the Phillies, too. They don't particularly like each other a whole lot. And there was some drama with some comments that was that were made by Orlando Arcia in the Braves clubhouse after game two. And then Bryce Harper heard about it, took it to heart, stared down Arcia after the home runs he hit last night. There's some bad blood a little bit between these two teams, but Philadelphia, they've got the momentum at home tonight. I know the Braves are throwing Strider. It's going to be a tough matchup. It, it they got to. Ch- I think I like them tonight. I'll say that I like okay. them tonight. We'll see if they can get there. Uh, all right, we're going to come back. We'll tell you what's on tap. It is a busy day on the networks with the Chiefs playing tonight. We'll get into all of that and let you know where you can find it next on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.